How many of you remember what it was like to travel prior to September the 11th, 2001, via plane? And it was it was it was something that was kind of adventurous. It was enjoyable. You actually look forward to it. You know, in a day when you were the date uh, and a time when uh, if you if, if you were flying in the 80s or 90s, you remember these people people that we used to have called travel agents. You'd call it travel agency. And they had them all over the place. Hey, what does Jim Bob do for a living? Oh, he's a travel agent. Who's a travel agent today? Is there such a vocation as travel agent? You'd call it, tra- and, and people go, hey, man, my travel agent, dude, dude, he gets the fares. I don't know how he does it, but he gets the fares, great fares. And so you'd call your travel agent up, right? Uh, well, I mean, you could do it yourself. Call Delta Airlines or American Airlines or whatever. And you'd say, hey, I'm thinking about traveling or where, where you're leaving from, sir. I'm going, leaving from New Orleans, going to wherever. Uh, okay, what's the date? So I'm thinking about this date or around this date. And uh, you, you know, back in that whimsical time. Imagine that. 1990s is whimsical. <laughs> the late 80s, early 90s has whimsical. Back to the Future, Michael J. Fox, <laughs> uh, The Goonies. You'd call the uh, airline or the travel agent up and say, well, yeah, let me give you a range of dates here. I'm thinking about this. And they go, okay, let me get back to you. And then they call you back and say, okay, well, I have a couple of options here for you. You can fly Delta and you can leave on Thursday and return on Tuesday. And it would be expensive. And today's, if you, prior to airline subsidy, and all airlines are massively subsidized, if you don't know that, especially after 9-11, because the airlines uh, no longer, uh, I I mean, they pay a stipend, basically, but that's it. They no longer pay the fees that they used to pay uh, to rent space at airports. Your state government, city government, and the federal, the federal government, uh, primarily the financiers for all the airports. You know that they provide all the all the all the quote security close quote. Uh, the, 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 there's no one doing security that's privately doing it. Now the TSA does it. That monstrosity that Tom DeLay and the, and the Republican boys cooked up in the in, in, in the 2002 Congress. So. People have never known, most people cannot recall what it was like to fly before the TSA. What it was like to go to the airport. This is an amazing thing. Your eyes wouldn't be burned by the horrid state of people's dress in an airport prior to 9-11. Maybe because you know you had planned it out further in advance, and I was uh, when I was talking to Fiorella, uh, Fiorella, you could go to the gate where your friend or whoever was arriving, and <laughs> they walked out of that gate. You could actually just be you could be standing right there. Now you have to go and wait in the cattle herding area, the the arrivals, which is where well, you can't go beyond the security checkpoint, sir. 
They turned airports into police state bureaus. We cheered. I was a, I am a recovering neocon. I was one of those that would have repeated, well, if you don't have anything to hide, well, what do you have to fear from the, from the NDA? What do you have to fear from the Patriot Act if you're not hiding something? Boy, what a misguided ute I was. Paul Craig Roberts says this at the uh, LouRockwell.com today, 9-11 after 22 years. Today is the 22nd anniversary attack on the World Trade Center in the Pentagon known as 9-11. A generation of 22-year-olds has grown up after 9-11 and the event probably means nothing to them. They learn that it was an attack on Marika, like the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor and 9-11 disappears into history. It is unlikely that anyone under 40 is much concerned with 9-11. A 40-year-old today would have been 18 in 2001 and would likely dismiss 9-11 concerns as conspiracy theory. Today's youths are more likely to be marching in support of sexual perversion than wondering about the source and the purpose of the 9-11 attack. By the by, and I know that not everyone agrees on this, and that's fine. We're allowed to disagree. Um, but the, uh, there have been a significant uh, a number of structural and architectural engineers that have concluded from the available footage and from uh, the, 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 the wreckage of what remained of, the, of WTC 1 and 2 and WTC 7, I think it was 7 was the other one that collapsed, um, uh, that they were controlled demolition events. Now, again, but <clears throat> it's not worth arguing about it because one side is going to say, well, those architects are a bunch of quacks. The other side is going to say, that's a, that's a conspiracy. This is, they did it on, in, in t intentionally. No one would, I would never want to think. By, by the way, for the record, I believe, I tend to believe the architects. I've seen enough of the documentaries to go like, I think you make a pretty compelling case that that was a controlled demolition. It looks just, it looks like one. Um, but who would want to believe that their government is capable of such an act? I certainly don't. It would, it would be with great lament that you would sign off on that particular conspiracy theory. That the government, that the uh, that the, the planes were flown into the building, and that the buildings um, uh, were never going to collapse, but that they were brought down intentionally, and that there was because there was an opportunity there to go to war, and uh, look at look, always say qui bono, who benefits. The military-industrial complex and the warfare state, now the cybersecurity state. Now, the, uh, which government entity has benefited? Well, the federal one. The federal one has grown 10 times the size that it was. That's hard to believe. 10 times the size it was on the 10th of September, 2001. There are like 30 agencies that didn't exist, that exist now. As a result, the TSA being the biggest one of them. Homeland insecurity. What a joke. What a menacing joke that is on all of us. <clears throat> yes, Maggie. What were you saying? Did you ever fly before 9-11? Uh, 
So you remember what it was like. Yes, yes, it used to be fun. It used to be something you looked forward to. It was enjoyable. You know, it was the family vacation or whatever. Now it's a miserable experience. And I think the way people dress has a lot to say for that. I mean, you have to basically strip naked to get on a plane so people wear as minimal as clothing as possible so they don't have to take that much off. It. It's just it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Paul Craig Roberts, over the years I have reported the mounting evidence provided by scientists <laughs> and by architect Richard Gage's architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth until the organization and he created removed him at the request of the government, effectively destroying the organization. But, but for, for me, Paul Craig Roberts... The, uh, the proof that 9-11 was an inside job has always been that no one in government and security agencies was ever held accountable for the worst humiliation ever inflicted on an alleged superpower. Instead, it took a year before the White House ever even agreed to an official uh, uh, cover-up with the 9-11 Commission, another in a long line of commissions like the Warren Commission that validates the official story. If a few young Saudi Arabians uh, had actually defeated the entire national security apparatus of the United States, the White House would have been screaming and heads would have rolled. By, by the by, we talked about this with, with George with, with George Webb. Uh, two interviews ago with, with George Webb about Flight 93. You know, the let's roll flight. When they you know, supposedly made the, uh, the phone call and took the beverage cart down the aisle and broke into the cockpit and then the plane uh, uh, crashes in that field in Shanksville, uh, near Shanksville, Shanksville, Pennsylvania. And as George and I were talking about, there's, there's no, there's no, they, they never got a, a tooth out of that. No human remains out of the field in Shanksville. Just a crater. A crater. No plane parts, no wheels, nothing. Um, the neocons had just called for a uh, uh, just called for a new Pearl Harbor so they could launch their wars of destruction of Israel's enemies in the in, in the Middle East. They immediately blamed 9/11 on Muslim terrorists and began their invasions that halted only when Russia blocked the neocons' overthrow of Syria. Remember that. How many of you remember when John McCain was still like, ah, screw him, screw him out, screw him out, bomb him, bomb him, bomb, 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 Iran. He actually said that in the campaign in 2008. He was asked about, as president, what would you do about the Iranians? What did McC one of McCain's answers was, what, to sing a Beach Boys song, but change the words, bomb, 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 Iran. He actually said that. He, he, he said that. The answer is war. The answer is violence. The answer is death. The answer is building. Uh, uh, we're the ones that built the weapons of mass destruction. The answer was Saddam Hussein poses the threat. What up? You know, on Fox News, they had this guy, this 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 this, uh, this, this man, who was one of these uh, uh, soldiers that was terribly and horribly disfigured by an IED of some sort. Um, uh, 
There's several of them. You'll see them on the uh, commercials for uh, supporting American veterans, right? And you'll see them, um, uh, uh, you know, all the hair on their face is burned off because they, they suffered third-degree burns on uh, their upper part of their body, including their faces. You know, and they show that, uh, that, that gentleman uh, this morning. I wasn't listening to it, but, uh, you know, the, the cry of never forget, that man did not have to die. That man did not have to have his face burned off. That was a war of neocon aggression. It was a war of choice. They ginned the entire thing up, lied, sent, sent semicolon Powell out there to tell the greatest lie ever that Saddam Hussein was a threat to peace in the world. Saddam Hussein may have been a threat to a certain uh, religious uh, sects of Muslims in, in Iraq. And that's what kind of, kind of how Saddam Hussein kept the peace. Remember, prior to 9-11, we were buddies with Saddam. And we're after the first war of northern uh, of, of American aggression that kicked Saddam out of Kuwait. We uh, kind of reconciled um, and were keeping, uh, trying to keep the peace with Saddam. Many Americans today understand what really happened, but the government will never admit it. Of course they can't, Paul. <laughs> you think Darth Cheney can ever admit that he made the phone call? It is very likely. Because remember, where was President Bush the morning of 9-11? He was in a school with a bunch of cheerings in Florida. Remember the guy comes in and whispers something in his ear? It's very, very famous footage of what President Bush was doing uh, that morning. He was reading a story or something to a bunch of first, first graders, second graders, whatever they were, in a class, and a, dude, a Secret Service guy comes in and whispers something in his ear, and then Bush just kind of nods his head, and then the story continues to be read. Um, Bush could not have made the call. Bush could not have made the call to shoot Flight 93 down. The only person that could have made the call would have been Darth Cheney, which is when George Webb and I were talking about this. You know, all the evidence of the day points that Cheney was the one that dropped the dime and said, Flight 93 has been taken over, shoot it down, blow it out of the sky, which again would explain why there's only a crater that remains of Flight 93. Um, and look, I know there are probably people listening that maybe lost loved ones or know someone that died on 9-11. I am not trying to minimize the loss of human life because it was real. And I think that's the point. Even the idea that the federal government of the United States, the general government, the cabal of the United States could even be remotely involved in any way, shape, or form involved in this is revolting. But then again, you think, well... Was it true that the FBI had actually met with, um, uh, didn't we, get, we, we did the story about two or three months ago, that the FBI was actually meeting in a, who wrote the story? It was at LewRockwell.com, one, one of the stories, was me, uh, met with Muhammad, uh, uh, I want to say Muhammad Atta, and, or, or two of the, at least two of the 9-11 guys that were actually on the planes uh, had met them in a hotel room that, that they were working a sting operation. That the FBI actually had, was, was at least embedded, supposedly, in the group. 
Many Americans today understand what really happened, but the government will never admit it. Paul Craig Roberts says it, 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 it takes decades for the truth to come out. We still don't know who killed Kennedy. I mean, we do. <laughs> That's never been admitted. What, we're 60 years removed now? From the assassination of John, uh, of John Fitzgerald Kennedy? His nephew's still out there talking about it, trying to wants to solve the case, RFK Jr. Uh, it takes decades for the truth to come out, and then by then, everyone affected by the event is dead, and the event becomes ancient history. It is paradoxical that President Trump is, uh, is in the dock for questioning an election, while Dick Cheney and the neocons and the whole media that covered up for them never faced a single charge. Pretty damning uh, view of what happened on September the 11th and who may have been uh, behind it. <clears throat> Note that so Oliver Stone made a movie. Nicholas Cage was in it. Uh, see if you could, I can't remember the name of the movie. It was an Oliver Stone film. Nicholas Cage was in it. Yeah, Nicholas Cage was either a cop or a fireman, and it was in WT7 uh, when the parking garage collapsed. Okay, it's called World Trade Center, when the parking garage collapsed. And the film is about how Nicolas Cage can't get out because he's, uh, he's pinned in um, and WT7 has, has yet to collapse. Um, and then Stone kind of walks you through the, uh, the collapse of WTC1 and WTC2 um, and, and how that came about. Uh, but I, I don't recall that, that even Oliver Stone made the, <laughs> made the conclusion that it was an inside job. I think he implied it, didn't make the conclusion. How many of you were, you know, it used to be the question that people would ask, where were you when JFK was shot? Well, that's last year or two generations ago. Where were you on 9-11? I know where I was. But I remember it for a different reason today. Now I remember that, oh, so that's what led to the creation of the TSA. <laughs> People have, have also forgotten. Do you remember when they, when they first announced the Transportation Security Administration? And that, they were, that the federal government that doesn't do anything right was going to take over the administration of security at all the nation's airports. Remember, air travel was closed for, what, three days? So 9-11 was, what, that was a Monday? I don't want to say it was a Monday. You know, Monday or Tuesday. And <clears throat> all flights were grounded from, uh, I, I want to say people were stuck for like a week. And you couldn't get on a flight. Uh, if you had gone somewhere and needed to, to go home, you probably won't wound up uh, uh, renting a car and just driving it. Uh, <clears throat> how many of you remember what you were doing on the morning of uh, uh, September the 11th, 2001? I was driving uh, daughter number one and daughter number two to their preschool. Um, I dropped them off. I got. I. I, I was driving uh, home. It was one of the rare occasions when I was between radio gigs, only for a couple of months, and uh, I was listening to Jim Hanzo on uh, 
want to say was I, I forget which, whatever channel was on in the, uh, the the car that you could listen to with children. And he goes on and he goes, something strange has happened. Just came across the AP Newswire. A plane has crashed into the top of one of the World Trade Centers. We don't have any more information, but it, it looks like the, world, the, the that trade center is on fire. And we're going like, well, that's kind of weird. <laughs> it's kind of strange. So by the time I got home, I, I, I got back to the house. Uh, came in, turned on CNN or whatever, and they're going like, yeah, this plane just, just random plane. We're trying to get the flight number. Just crashed into WTC2. And then while they're reporting it, out of nowhere comes plane number two and slams into the other, the, uh, to the other tower. And then that's when you go like, okay, poop's getting real. Then there was a report of Flight 77 that uh, uh, was headed towards and crashed into the Pentagon. Um, now, <clears throat> The Pentagon one has always been kind of, I've always questioned the Pentagon flight uh, and the narrative of it, simply because of, the, okay, if you were a terrorist and you did a, you did a pretty terrible job of planning an assault by choosing the five-sided pentagram to fly a plane into it. Um, if you look at the Pentagon from an aerial photograph, if they allow those, you know, most of those are CGI. They, they don't like people flying over the Pentagon. <laughs> if you see a, a direct, straight-down shot uh, of, the, of the Pentagon, uh, it's probably CGI. Either that or it's one of the ones that they've doctored up one of the official photographs of Daily, because they don't, you can't fly over that thing. I've flown to D.C. enough times to know that the flight path will take you by the Pentagon if you're flying into Reagan, but you won't actually fly over the Pentagon. You'll fly over all sorts of buildings in Mordor, but you won't fly over that one. In any event, that thing has, what, four, I think it's four rings, four or five rings on the inside of it. And it was built in the 1940s out of reinforced uh, rebar steel concrete. Those aren't uh, concrete masonry units, CMU, uh, CMUs, as you guys call them in the, in the, in the construction biz. That's not CMUs. That's, that's reinforced rebar concrete that they poured and made walls out of it. <laughs> you fly anything into it, and it's just going to dissolve into, a, in, into a, a, a bunch of pieces. But there was only one, there's what, five frames of video footage that exists to show Flight 77 flying into the Pentagon. And it's, it was supposedly from a security camera that was at a, or, or a camera that was at a security gate. In any event, I'm sure that the, uh, the usual suspects will ginning up the war machine all day today. Uh, Another thing that came out of uh, September the 11th, 2001, and again, for all the souls that were lost on that day, eternal rest grant unto them, O God, let perpetual light shine upon them, may they rest in peace. Again, I'm not trying to minimize in any way, shape, or form the death that occurred because it was horrible. It's a tragedy of epic proportions. Um, <clears throat> who was the mayor of New Teen City at the time of 9-11? 
Rudy Giuliani. Shortly afterward, in the aftermath of 9-11 in the cleanup, to clean up the World Trade Center and to deal with the loss of uh, policemen and firefighters and business people that worked in, uh, in, in, uh, in the three towers, primarily in Tower 1 and Tower 2, you know, uh, uh, Mayor Giuliani was giving daily press conferences. Hey, if you, wanted to if you want to help, you can go here. If you want to uh, donate blood, you can go to the Red Cross, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in the months after 9-11, Rudolph Joseph Paul Giuliani, that's his real name, Rudolph Joseph Paul Giuliani became America's mayor. He's one of the most loved public figures in the entire United States. And he remained America's mayor and a beloved public figure. You know, I'm sure today in New, in New York they're going to have memorial ceremonies, and I'm sure Mayor Giuliani will probably be asked if he you know, be Grand Marshal or whatever, uh, of whatever uh, memorial that they have. This is the same Rudy Giuliani who would later, in 2015, when Donald John Trump was running for the uh, was running for the presidency for the first time, this is the same Giuliani when he was asked about Trump and why he was supporting Trump and why he wasn't he wasn't down with 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 Jeb or any of the other ones. He said, "You don't know what he did after 9/11. You're wrong about him, and you're wrong about his his charity." You're just wrong. And Giuliani would tell the story that Trump swore me to secrecy. He told me never to tell the story of what he was doing. Did you know that Trump International, Trump Construction, provided uh, most of the heavy lifting crews to remove the wreckage and to, to search for survivors? That he stopped job sites in New Jersey and told those workers, I want you all to go to New York and I want you to look. I want you to help. The rescue efforts, we have to see if there are any survivors. We have to look for survivors. And the, the Trump International is going to do everything it can, and it did. Not only that, Trump was writing checks to 9-11 surviving families of firemen and policemen and, and police officers that were killed that day. President Trump, then Citizen Trump, was writing checks, and he was telling Rudy, just tell me who they are, Rudy. I'll send the checks. Just give me the names and addresses. And he told Giuliani, I don't want anyone to know what I did.